Hey folks, this is Duff Dixon here, host of Play It By Year, uh, just cutting in before this recap episode for a couple things. One, I just want to say up front, you know, Richard, who puts this show together, his opinions are his own, and they do not necessarily reflect my opinions, and they certainly do not reflect uh, the opinions of all the very kind people who have associated their name with my little program. Um... Second, speaking of my little program, I, 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 I do appreciate all this hard work that Richard has put in to kind of giving you this bite-sized uh, experience to let you know what's been going on on the show, uh, but he, he's left a lot of things on the cutting room floor. Uh, so, you know, sometimes you're going to hear clips today that maybe 70% of it you're not going to hear. He's just kind of gotten it down to the bone. And I, you know, if you like what you hear, I sure would encourage you to go over to piby.info or, or search play it by year on Spotify and iTunes. And, uh, you know, the whole experience is like a cool thing because I mean, you really get to know everybody. There's also like, all right, we're going to cut you short there, Duff. We've got 20 plus hours of your show to cover and we're already way behind. Hit it. Time stretch out like a great big river. Wait on and let's swim. Nope, nope, nope. We do not have time for that. Welcome, web travelers. If you have found this audio recording, you are aware of Duff Dixon, ex-timestronaut and current host of the popular radio program Play It By Year. If you are like me... You find yourself compelled to listen to this vital program, seeking crucial information about the fate of the planet. If you are like me, you also find yourself so frustrated that Duff spends so much time padding his show with nonsense that it's difficult to find time to listen to it all. You may not have listened to any of this very important show at all, due to the volume of hours of material already out there. This is why I. Richard, world traveler, truth seeker, and certified thinkspert in realitology, as well as the curator of the website richardtruth.com, have made this compilation of the most vital information from the second so-called season of the program to help catch would-be fellow truth-knowers up to speed in a maximally efficient manner. As an Additional incentive, I have an exclusive interview lined up later in this episode with a surprise guest. Stay tuned for never-before-revealed information to amaze and astound. I have talked for far too long already. Here is the first clip from the first episode. When Bright Light Assisted Living Facility sent Duff a PSA to repair their image with his listeners. End of intro. I got an email earlier tonight. Let me just pull that up. <clears throat> I'm going to read this email from y'all. Uh, it says, Dear Mr. Dixon, this is Jim Diamond, an administrator at Bright Light Assisted Living Center. Oh, y'all, if y'all remember, Bright Light is it's basically a nursing home. It's where all the timestronauts have to go after they finish their shifts. Um, you know, once their heads get all messed up. And I've called in there a couple times on the show before. Anyway, back to the email. Uh, administrator at, uh, oh, I'm writing you, I am writing to you because it has come to our attention 
that some of our residents have appeared on your program and there is some concern that our facilities are not being portrayed in the most flattering light. I have attached a short audio presentation, which we hope you will play on your show tonight to help your listeners get a clearer picture of what it's really like to call this place home best Jim Diamond. Well, y'all, um, look, I haven't listened to this yet, so I can't necessarily say I've, you know, vouch for or, you know, uh, agree with it, whatever it has to say. But I do know that Bright Light has always been real accommodating to me when it comes to just calling in to talk to Walt, my, my best friend. And, you know, before COVID hit, their resident uh, visitation hours were always really flexible and cool. And so I guess I don't see the harm in, in just giving them the floor here. So I got this attachment here, Bright Light Assisted Living Audio Presentation. I'm just going to play it. Uh, and then we'll come back and we'll do some music after. All right, here we go from Jim Diamond and Bright Light. Oh, hi there. I'm Jim Diamond, and I'm the administrator here at Bright Light Assisted Living Center. Thanks for stopping by. Since you've come all this way, I'd love to take you on a virtual tour of our state-of-the-art facilities. Along the way, I hope to answer some of your questions and address some of your concerns. The first thing you need to know is that Bright Light is a place for Timestronauts to live out their retirement in peace and luxury. Mealtime at Bright Light sure is busy. We house over 4,000 former time travelers, so it's important that each of our kitchens remains clean, modern, and organized. But it's also important to make delicious food. Just ask our latest culinary director, Sebastian Dumont. Most of our food is served in a liquid form through a feeding tube, but we make no compromises on flavor. What are you making there, Seb? This is a duck confit with herb roasted potatoes and a black belly sorbet. Mmm, dinner is served. Let's check in with one of our pickiest residents, Lydia Larson, in room 1224. How's the duck, Lydia? Just look at that face. She loves it. Hey, here's a fun fact. Did you know that Bright Light Assisted Living is named after the CIA black site of the same name? That's where we're located. Around here, we believe that a big part of our mission is respect. That's why we work so hard to individualize each courageous adventurer's care, with a loving eye on preserving the humanity and honoring the person these brave men and women once were, and God willing, will be again. Using extensive records and personality profiles, we customize our amenities to suit the needs of every resident on our campus. For example, Burt Babcock from Room 805 loves the films of director Martin Scorsese. Oh, sounds like he's watching one right now. Fuck me! Fuck me, you motherfucker! Fuck my mother! Don't stay up too late, Burt. If you're a loyal listener of Play It By Year, you may remember our receptionist, Kate Gulliver. Kate, what's it like to work at Bright Light? Great hours, great pay, great benefits. I love it here. What about your co-workers? You know, 
I don't even think of them as co-workers. To me, they're family. Thanks, Kate. Here's another fun fact. Did you know that Bright Light is unaffiliated with Project Archangel? We have no direct supervision of nor influence over their time travel program and bear no liability for their conduct. Well, we've come to the last stop on our virtual tour. Room number one. I must admit I get a little wistful whenever I find myself here. This room belongs to the very first time astronaut, Tony Tuccio. Hi, Tony. I'm proud of the work we do here at Bright Light, and that work all began right here with Tony. Due to a data recovery error, we'll never know exactly what happened to him on his mission. But what we do know is that he's safe, he's comfortable, and he's receiving the best possible care, 24-7, 365. Thank you all so much for joining me today. And remember, the future is bright. Good God. Good. Uh, that. Oh, God. If you're, if you're, are y'all at Bright Light? I don't think you should have sent that in, y'all. I don't think you're doing anything to help your case. Sending that in. In the next clip, Duff's former employers at Archangel shared their displeasure with Duff, having made contact with his friend Walt in the previous season. Just like a couple of government jackboots to try to dictate who can associate with who. Good thing I haven't created Joinder with any government lackeys since I learned that... Okay, see, in the Magna Carta... There. Okay, anyway. Oh my god! Fine, fine. Hello? Incoming call from Project Archangel. Please yeah, hold I, kn- for- I know, I know who this is. Just, just put them on. Yeah, yes, sir. Please hold for Director Elliot Walsh and Deputy Director Steve Gordier. Why, why does he gotta say both names every time? What is? Hi, Duff. This is Steve. I'm God Elliot here with me. How are you? Crazy week, right? Stop bothering me i don't care whatever you two gonna say i don't care leave me alone agent dixon do not hang up this call this is mission critical communication so stop acting like a spoiled little brat and listen you're acting like a spoiled little brat stop stop what we're saying is that we respect your need for space and we wouldn't reach out unless we had no other choice. Yeah, no, no, I got here's another choice. Why don't y'all lose my number and take that phone of yours and shove it? Keep being insubordinate little prick and see where that gets you. I will. If we could just get to the reason we're calling. You screwed up, Agent Dixon. And in the big leagues, when you screw up, there are consequences. Y- y'all got no authority over me, okay? So I'll do whatever I want with my time. Stop, stop. What we're saying is that we think it's so cool that you found this new, fun, creative outlet, and we support you 100%. Doing whatever helps you enjoy your retirement to the fullest, but we're a little bit concerned about some of the guests you're having on. You spent a week playing grab-ass and having slumber parties with Agent Winarski while he was on active duty. 
You can't make contact with other time travelers. Not until they're retired. That's you know not, that. Not until they're brain dead is what you mean. Not until you finish messing them up. Stop, stop. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that we're so touched to hear about your reunion with your friend Walter. Um, but that that might you might have accidentally overlooked some of your directives and. So this is just a totally friendly reminder that if you're ever approached by a time or not again, just remove yourself from the situation. Drop us a line here at headquarters. What What are you two even whining about? Walt was just doing his job. I'm, he, I, he said it himself. Y'all were the ones who gave him the orders to come and find me. No, the computer sent those orders and it was a mistake. A mistake the engineering department will also be facing repercussions for. But regardless, you broke protocol, and your sloppiness has put the entire project in jeopardy. I don't know when you got so careless, Agent Dixon. Stop, stop, stop calling me that. Don't call me that. Stop that. Stop, stop. What we're saying is that we know this was just an oopsie. The computer had an oopsie. Then you had an oopsie. We're not mad at you about it, but we want to have a plan in place for next time. Just as a precaution, I mean, probably weren't even being next time. Now that we finally shut down the stupid computer like we should have years ago. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Y'all, y'all shut off the Archangel supercomputer? Why? Are, are, you, are you crazy? We can't stop this thing without it. Don't act like you have all of the information on this. You have no idea how to run this program, and it's none of your business, Agent Dixon. You call me that one more time, I'll slap the taste out your mouth. Agent Dixon. Agent Dixon. Smelly Elliot. Smelly it. <laughs> cannot believe this is the best agent we've ever had acting like a child throwing a temper tantrum well if uh, if i'm a child i'm a billion times older than you are so then what's that what's that make you then smelly it excuse me for a moment i have another call i'm just i'm just gonna hang on hold then while you're what the hell's going on out there Did you just do a bump? Are you in the office right now? What the hell is going on over there? You have no idea what the past few weeks have been like trying to clean up your mistake. You've put the entire project in jeopardy. I wish you would have just become a vegetable and saved us all the grief. Duff, what we're saying is that we appreciate your independent spirit and we love that you march to beat of your own drum, you know, bum, bum, bum. But uh, in this one specific case, we need you to commit to keeping us in the loop. If something like this were to ever happen again. Uh, I, I, listen, I wouldn't call y'all if I was bleeding out and y'all had the last Band-Aid on Earth. Is that is that clear enough for you? Oh, I hope this is clear enough for you. If you continue to be a threat to not just national security, but the survival of the entire human race, that makes you a traitor. And I have full authority to put two in your head while you're sleeping. Duff, what we're trying to say... 
clowns. Couple of clowns. Get off my show. So, if you see Gold Fringe, you're free to go. Oh, I, I think I started the clip during that. That's fine. You can read more on that by doing your own research. It's literally the only way to learn anything. A week later, Duff took a call from a new Timestronaut, Colleen Claxton, who had a new mission for him. Hey, this is Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hello, Duff. This is Colleen Claxton, and you and I have something very important in common. Oh, yeah? Well, what's that? We are now the only two Timestronauts to survive 10 billion years with our minds intact. We're the wait, wait. We're are you're a time straw? Are you like me? There's another one. There's somebody else like me. Well, I wouldn't put it that way exactly. I don't consider myself to be especially like you. Oh my God! I thought this day was never going to come. Can I can I guess how you did it? Let me guess how you pulled this off. The, just the same way as me, right? You woke up every morning and you said to yourself, this is day one, hour zero. I'm going to get out there. And I'm going to be the best Duff Dixon I can possibly be. No, I didn't endure billions of years by having a catchphrase that means nothing and doesn't make any sense. Colleen, it's incredible to meet you. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to hear your voice. and Right, well... I'm afraid this isn't a social call, Duff. I need to debrief you on some developments, and I wish to start by telling you how I did survive my mission. Absolutely, man. Anything you want. I'm all ears. Duff, I've been on active duty for a while, and I was approaching the one million year mark of my shift when I awoke one morning and thought, today I shall kill myself because I can't go on like this anymore. Yeah, I've been there, ma'am. But of course, killing myself wasn't an option because I had a recontinuator stuck on my wrist. No bodily harm, no death. So after some faffing about, I managed to break into the recontinuator and wire it up to my computer and look at the source code. But that wasn't helpful because I couldn't understand any of it. See, that's what I'm saying, man. Computer code don't make no sense. It's all words, but they don't mean nothing, you know? Duff, I couldn't understand the source code because the recontinuator was made by an alien race using a language beyond our comprehension. So instead, a new plan. I decided to simply delete every line of the source code, and if doing that didn't kill me straight away, then surely all of the systems protecting my body would be deactivated, and I'd be free to cut my wrists or swallow some pills or whatever. Problem solved. It was then, Duff, that something dawned on me. If the recontinuator was able to prevent my body from aging and defend it against illness and injury, why wasn't it also protecting my mind from madness and wear and tear? The brain is simply an organ like any other. So why then does the recontinuator care more about my spleen being healthy than my brain being healthy? So once I'd raised that question, I couldn't seem to think of anything else. And after some consideration, I decided there would be plenty of time to commit suicide later. But for now, I should try and figure out more about this device and how it actually worked. So I devised a simple experiment. Select a few lines of the source code at random and delete them. Then put my service weapon into my mouth and pulled the trigger. And if the bullet was unable to penetrate my flesh, then I would know those lines of code were not involved in the preservation of my body. In your mouth? God dang, Colleen, why, why the hell wouldn't you 
pointing at your dang foot or something. Because I wasn't trying to figure out how the reconnuator was protecting my bloody foot, Duff. Please, let's try and stay focused. Sorry. So I continued this process. Delete a bit of code. Shoot myself in the mouth. Nothing happens. Undo delete. Delete a different bit. Bang, bang. And after less than a month, I had a major breakthrough. I selected a line of code. And just then, our mutual friend, Archie, warped into the room and yelled, Stop! And lying there on the ground at his side, I saw my own lifeless corpse. It was truly one of the proudest moments of my scientific career. Congratulations, I guess. And now I knew that bit of code over there stops a bullet. And over the following millennia, Archie and I worked our way through the source code line by line until eventually everything was properly labeled. I still could read what was written in the code, but I understood generally what did what. So does this mean that, that you figured it out then? Like, how come all of us go crazy? What I discovered was that the code relating to the brain activity was hiding a most terrible secret. For one, it stuck out like a sore thumb. It was much sloppier. Hypothesis. The original programmers did not write this portion of the code. Somebody else did. Okay, somebody, well, okay, well, who then? In due time, Duff. Now, the code didn't only look wrong, it also didn't work properly. It was as if every line was somehow trying to cancel out the one before it. Hypothesis. Somebody wrote this code because they wanted to break it. They wanted anyone who wore this device to suffer and go mad and wind up brain dead. You mean, wait, all that, all that suffering and that misery, somebody made that happen on purpose? Correct. And finally, we come to the most disturbing thing about this modified code. Its length. In total, it stands just under two trillion lines. This program, if you can even call it that, was roughly the same length as if you totaled up all the words in every book that mankind has ever written. To generate such a staggering amount of code would take, I don't know, 100 million years? Perhaps longer? Hypothesis. A Timestronaut did this. It was one of us. Very good. When it comes to determining which Timestronaut did this, we arrive at a new problem. The only ones left to answer for the crime are me and you. Wait, you are you saying you think I did this? What? No, of course not, Tom. You're much too stupid to have pulled any of us off. Whoever did this is batty or brain dead now and no longer in any state to confess to their crime. So I abandoned my investigation, and instead Archie and I went to work creating a patch to preserve my sanity. And it did take a little while, of course. I must say, my code was much cleaner and shorter. I did a much better job than whoever broke it. Colleen, you cured Timnesia? Are you saying that nobody else going to have to go through this like what we did? I said I made a patch to preserve my sanity, Duff. It was a temporary fix at best. The only way to undo the damage would be to get a copy of the original and restore it. Oh, yeah. So I, Sorry, I just got myself kind of worked up there for a second. But as for me, I'm as fit as a fiddle. The next nine billion years all went by in a snap. 
And now we arrive at the day before yesterday. I was released from my bond with the recontinuator. I was taken into the Archangel offices for debriefing, and I told them everything I had found. I recommended that they suspend the time travel program temporarily, whilst I lead a commission to investigate where these changes were made, who made them, and how to undo them. But as I was explaining this, they told me I would need to leave the premises immediately, that I would not be allowed to return. Hypothesis. They already knew all of this, and I was never supposed to find out. Those bastards. Duff, I called you tonight to make the following proposition. Will you help me uncover this conspiracy and destroy the Archangel Project once and for all? Let's burn him to the goddamn ground, Colleen Claxton. Very good. By the next week, Colleen had a lead, but needed Duff's people-pleasing personality to get help from a figure from her past who was disinclined to assist. Dr. Bosworth. Hey, Doc, this is Duff Dixon. Um, I'm calling because I'm doing like a, a, a private investigation into something, and I was hoping you might be able to help out with some uh, uh, computer code that I have. All right, I have a free moment now. How can I help? Well, um, uh... <clears throat> Hello, William. Colleen Claxton, is that you? Oh, dear. It is is isn't it i knew this day would come you finally dared to show your face again how audacious well as my colleague was just explaining yes your colleague let me ask him a question did she tell you tell you how she destroyed my career and ruined my life a bit dramatic. Oh, uh, no, sir. Of course she didn't. You see, Colleen was a former student of mine. She'd been struggling in my class all year. Debatable. And after a string of mediocre assignments, she failed her midterm examination. So what, pray tell, did she do? Redouble her dedication to her studies? Enlist a tutor? No. She went whinging to the dean. She wanted to convince him that linguistics were not a legitimate field of computer science. But are they, though? And she didn't stop there. Next, she accused me of being an imposter. She even conspired with one of my peers, someone who I believed to be a friend, to lie on her behalf that I had stolen his research. And once her smear campaign against me had concluded, Oxford revoked my tenure, the Journal of Computer Science redacted all of my published work, and finally, my husband asked for a divorce. He said the shame was too great, and he couldn't bear to look me in the eye anymore. Colleen! William, if I may, shouldn't we let bygones be bygones? After all, this was such a terribly long time ago. It hasn't even been three years. <laughs> There's no denying that as a youth I was quite stubborn and temperamental. But, Doctor, I truly have grown and changed. My perspective on time, especially, has been upheaved in a most profound way. Rubbish. You sabotaged an innocent, hard-working man because you were in denial about your own shortcomings. Gaze into the bitter mirror of truth, Colleen. You are hopelessly flawed and intellectually limited. Gaze into the mirror and see the monster you have become. Doc, I'm cutting in. Stay out of this, Yankee. No, 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 no. Just, just me and you, okay? Listen, that that pain that you're carrying around, I can hear it, man. I can feel it. And my heart right now, well, it's just sore than a thumb in a hammer factory, believe me. But, Doc, 
This is a life and death call. What if I told you that the fate of the human race might be in your hands and that linguistic computer whatever could save the world? I'm listening. I'm a simple dude. Here it is in simple terms. Somebody did a bad thing. We trying to undo it. We don't know who it was. And all we got to go on is code that they wrote. So can you take a look at that code and use your expertise to like look for clues about who might have written it? You have my cooperation under two conditions. Shoot. One. Colleen must acknowledge that programming linguistics is one of, if not the most important field in computer science. <laughs> That's preposterous. Oh, very well, then. I wish you both good luck on your inquiry, but I must be going. Wait, no, wait. Fine. <clears throat> programming linguistics is one of the most important fields in computer science. If not the most important if not the most important. Very good. And secondly, you must admit that as a scientist, I am your superior. Never. Colleen, god dang it. Dr. Bosworth, as a scientist, you are... Yes? My superior. <laughs> you fools! <laughs> Your mission is hopeless. What you're describing is called forensic programming linguistics. Those people are like the flat earthers of the linguistic community. <laughs> At last year's convention, someone did a live reading of an old rejected paper on the subject. The entire auditorium was rolling in the aisles, howling with laughter. Cool. Sounds like uh, you had to be there kind of thing. The paper was complete nonsense. written by Howard Spaulding, an actual lunatic. I see. Doctor, do you have any information as to the whereabouts of Mr. Spaulding? Dead, I assume. Or in prison. Heavens, he'd be in his 80s by now, and nobody's heard from him since he fled the country after being exposed as a cannibal. Well, that was lovely. Okay, uh, due diligence, I guess. Let's try to track down this Hannibal Lecter dude. I mean, I, who knows? Maybe, maybe he's still alive. Maybe he can help us out. We gotta at least Rule it out, obviously. Now, as a reminder, I have an incredible, life-changing interview later in this recap episode, so be sure to listen to the whole thing, no matter how much duff-speaking cadence acts as a siren call to take a nap. Resist the allure of sleep and stay vigilant, truth troopers. Here's the clip where yours truly everyone's favorite adventurer, Richard, set off on a dangerous mission to find the mysterious Howard Spaulding for Duff and Colleen, risking life and limb to save humanity. Very courageous stuff. Caller, you're on with Duck Dixon. Who am I talking to? Uh, hey there, Duff. It's me, Richard. Oh, Richard, good to hear your voice, buddy. I, I wasn't sure if we are going to hear from you today. I'm, I'm glad you got one in here last second. Yeah, it's always always good to try to make the make the weekly show. Well, you you always have a home here. You always have a, a, a slot, as far as I'm concerned, my friend. Uh, what's on your mind today? You want to make your guest, or what's going on? Well, actually, Duff, I thought I'd uh, offer my services in a different way. A uh, couple of days, two callers ago. 
yeah, I heard you and uh, and this Colleen Claxton are uh, on the search for some guy I have in my notes here, uh, uh, Howard Spalding. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's uh, we're we're looking for this guy Howard Spalding. Apparently, a pretty unsavory character, but yeah, he's like off the off the charts or something. We're trying to track him down. Oh, you are in luck, Duff. There is almost no one better in the world at finding people who don't want to be found than yours truly, Richard. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, ca- I'm not casting any doubt on your abilities, buddy. But I remember, you are. I'm CIA. I promise you, I am. I'm a hundred times the tracker that you are. Henry Morton Stanley is a close personal hero of mine. <laughs> okay. Okay. So look. I uh I appreciate you reaching out. I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't I'm not asking you to do anything here. I think me and Colleen probably got this this one under the belt, buddy. No, no asking necessary, Duff. I understand that you can't like officially sanction me to go off on my own mission and take down some international cartel hiding this guy that you want to find. So yeah, you know, wink wink, nudge nudge, Duff. I'm gonna head off and I'll find them for you. Don't you worry. Couldn't hear, couldn't hear those air quotes earlier, but but apparently you can hear some winking and nudging that I'm not exactly sure I'm sending your way, Richard. Whatever you need to do to be happy and to oh okay, well he's gone. Uh, I guess I guess Richard is gonna go look for Howard Spaulding. Here is. Literally a few minutes later, when it was revealed I didn't need to do anything. Yeah. This was real embarrassing for me. But, uh, as soon as I hung up on Duff, I shut off all electronic devices to start going undercover. And I I didn't hear this next bit. In fact, I was entirely off-grid aside from a shortwave radio, for the next three months. And Ken didn't know how to send messages back to me. Not that I would have trusted them. The number one way to lead undercover agents into danger is by faking messages from their handlers. Anyway, here's Colleen completing my three-month mission in about three minutes. Caller, you're on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Colleen Claxton. Hey again, Colleen. You got an update already about that that fellow we're looking for? A cold trail, I'm afraid. Public records will be no help. Howard Spaulding appears to have gone off the grid in the 1960s and never come back. Hey, couple spies like us, we love a challenge. Ain't that right? There's a remote possibility I may be able to track down a living relative. <laughs> you think like Jeffrey Dahmer dude is on Ancestry.com or something? Well, I, I wasn't going to mention this because it didn't seem particularly relevant, but coincidentally, I am related to Mr. Spaulding. What? 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 <laughs> you like a you're like the great grandniece or something of a of a whack job people eater? That's a trip. You're not too far off. Howard was, um, how shall I put this, a fetus who lived inside of my body. And then um, he grew in there for a while, and then I pushed him out. And that's how we related. You're a mama? I'm not fond of labels. 
of an 80-year-old cannibal? Probably closer to 85, I imagine. What? What? Oh, don't act so surprised, Duff. I was on the clock. It was during my shift. Just another mission from the supercomputer. Warped 1930-something, seduce so-and-so, deliver a child, and move on to the next assignment. Dang, you had a baby and then ditched it? That is ice cold, Colleen Claxton. Don't be sanctimonious, Duff. We've both done our fair share of unsavory things. It was our duty. And trust me, Mr. Spaulding wouldn't have been any better off having me as a mother. I'm not so convinced on that point, seeing as he grew up to be a cannibal. Well? All right, then. Let's try and uh, track down your long-lost elderly human flesh-eating son. Now, for more details about how things went with me... You could have decoded the messages I was broadcasting on this podcast feed specifically for you. But now that I'm back and relatively safe, I'm going to declassify all those log files and drop an update in this feed online soon. A week later, a mysterious caller warned Duff about how serious things at Archangel were getting. Caller, you are on with Duff Dixon. Who am I talking to? Hey! Oh, man, I got through. What's up, Duff? I am loving this show tonight. That MPB block was tight. Uh, buddy, can you call back? Your your connection is coming. You're kind of messed up sounding. No, 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 no. This is how I'm supposed to sound. Okay. Well, uh, well okay. You're on with Duff Dixon. Uh, what's going on with your audio? I pitched my voice down because uh, I'm... Uh, I'm, uh, I'm one of those, oh, God, what, 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 what's this called again? <laughs> I don't know, man. Are you, Darth Vader? Uh, no, it's an, uh, it's like an animal, like a gopher. A goat. Oh, a mole? Are you a mole? Yeah, 100. I'm a mole from the Archangel Project. Now, I'm here with a top secret message. <laughs> oh, dang. Okay. All right. I respect it. You got some cojones, brother. You are spying on the CIA right now. What's your message? Basically, you are totally effed, dude. Archangel is freaking out. They're going to straight up murk you. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Are you, are you that engineer? Uh, no. Yeah, you are. From Archangel, the one who called in before, the one who screwed everything up last time. That's you, right? What's your name again? It's like, Tad? Uh, Tad, I can hear you hitting that vape pen. It's it's clearly you. What? I don't know. I do not know what you hear, because that is not a vape, man. Okay, whatever, Tad. Uh, what's, What's your intel for me? Ever since you teamed up with that other time traveler, it's been like real housewives level of drum around here. Elliot and Steve are pissed at you, dude. Good. Because you know them them two belong in prison. Yeah, I I know, but it's bad, dude. Like they are having screaming matches in the open about whether or not to assassinate you. You've gotta stop talking to that chick, dude. That time astronaut? Sever. No more contact. You should also probably lay low for a while and uh, stay strapped. You know what I mean? Keep your peace on you 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> C- 
Come on, man. I'm an, I'm an elite trained killer. I got 20 billion years of experience. My point being, Tad, Elliot and Steve, they, they're just nothing but a couple of bureaucrats at this point. Maybe like 15 years ago, you know, when they were actually getting some field time, they'd be something. But now they're just soft. They're just office people. I'm not scared of them. Honestly, I'd love to see them try and come at me. Yeah, but they got shooters, though. I'm sure that they do, man. But look, thanks for the heads up. I do appreciate that. I'm, I'm going to be fine, though, okay? So let's wrap this up. Let's get back into the music. I got a block coming up. I'm real excited wait, wait, about it. No, 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 don't, don't hang up on me yet. I got something else. Okay, what? I want to do the discussion question. All right, make, make it quick, though. Come on. All right, so Christmas is coming up. You know, I've been really into mechanical keyboards lately. I'm trying to figure out what the best one is. I know they're kind of expensive, but, you know, I want something very ergonomic, you know. Yo, uh, did I say something that is pretty cool? You and me are becoming, like, best friends now. Best friend? Look, I'm not your friend at all, Tad, and I'm never going to be your friend. I spent... 10 billion years in hell because you messed up. How am I going to forgive you for that? Oh, man. That's not my fault. And also, that's that's literally ancient history. Plus, don't forget, I just saved your life. Now we're even. Oh, my God. Bye, Tad. That that guy really gets on my nerves. Um, All right. After disregarding that warning... Colleen and Duff made contact with Colleen's estranged, aged, cannibal son. And it went about as well as you'd think. We have located Howard Spaulding. He's in Alaska. He's going by the name David Yowney and is running a computer repair business out of his apartment. Whilst digging around, I found an old paper of his proposing a hypothetical piece of software, which he calls Origin One. According to the paper, Origin One works like a scanner. You give it a sample of code and it analyzes that using an algorithm. Then it makes a profile of the author of that code. If the software really does exist, we could use it to scan the broken recontinuator code and learn more about who wrote it. We have over 4,000 potential suspects. Imagine cutting that in half, or potentially even more than that. Do you truly still not understand? I understand that this dude has something called Origin One, and I understand that we need him to give it to us. Honestly, it's like talking to a child. Enough idling about. I'm dialing the number. Fix it fast. Computer repair. Dave speaking. All services delayed a month because I'm dying of a brain tumor. Yeah. uh, Sorry, is that how you're answering every call? What's wrong with your computer? I thought I told you I'm dying. I don't have a goddamn day. Right. Okay. See, the thing is that this is not exactly a service call. It's actually kind of a delicate situation. And so before we even touch on any of that, I'd like to just kind of get out in front here and let you know that we are on your side. We're not looking to judge you or disrupt your life in, in any way. <sighs> Listen, Trailer Park, you've got about five seconds to tell me what's wrong with your computer or I'm hanging up. We know your true identity. I'm afraid your past has finally caught up to you, Howard Spaulding. What do you want? This is in regards to a hypothetical computer program you once proposed called Origin One. First things first, Dave Yowney is my real name. You got that? 
I didn't pay 200 bucks and sit around a courthouse all day so some limey bimbo could call me anything she wants. I beg your pardon. Mr. Yowney, I feel like we're getting off on the wrong foot here. Can I, can I first just apologize for the way that we are... there's right? one thing I hate more than a redneck, it's a bootlicker, so save it. As for your question, princess, oh yes, Origin 1 is real, and you can't have it. Uh, oh, okay, can I ask why... Because society had its chance. I was supposed to change the world. I had a plan to fix everything. But they laughed at me and pushed me aside. Counter-offer. Give us Origin 1 or we'll turn you into the authorities. Colleen, come on, man. For what? You know for what? For cannibalism. Jesus Christ. Fifty years I'm still dodging that stupid rumor. I've been a vegan since 1952, okay? You ever heard of Ken Thompson? Yes, of course. He created the B programming language and invented Unix. Wrong. I created B. I invented Unix. Ken Thompson is a thief. That's why I made Origin 1 in the first place, to prove that he stole them from me. But somehow Ken found out about it before I could publish it. He started that cannibal story to make me look crazy. Dave, that's so heartbreaking. You deserve much better than you got. A brilliant man like you should have been, you know, celebrated, not not chased out of town. But it, it, if you just let us borrow that program, I, I cross my heart. It, it won't go no farther than the two of us. Nobody's ever got to know about this arrangement. Hey, hillbilly, I'm not your sister, so don't try to screw me. Oh, come on, man. All right. Here goes nothing. Mr. Yowney. We're not so different, you and I. We're both computer scientists, for one. And, like you, I also sometimes go by other names. For example, Isabella de Mornay. Does that ring a bell? What is this? Are you trying to humiliate me? Who put you up to this? Was it Ken? No, darling, it's really me. I was born in 1934. The whore who brought me into this world is long dead. Hang on, I can prove it. Mm, let me see. Well, your middle name was originally Alan. I don't know when or why it was changed to Franklin. I certainly never would have approved that. What else? Oh, here's something. You were born 28 days premature. That's right. Your prognosis was very grim, this being the 1930s, after all. It was quite touch and go. Nobody expected you to pull through. But... I waited there in the hospital for two long weeks until the doctor finally said you were out of the woods and strong enough to go home. And then I disappeared, and you and your father never saw or heard from me ever again. It's really you? Yes, Howie, dear. Mommy's home. I see. Well, in that case, go fuck yourself, Mom. Oh, buddy, I, I know emotions are running kind of high, but if, but if I could just ask you to keep the language to like a, like a PG-13 level, uh, we kind of do... Uh, he hung up. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Against Colleen's better judgment, the next week, Duff pushed her into apologizing. And given both her personality and lack of prep for the call... Things again went very badly for everyone involved. Here's something. Okay, I'm gonna let me teach. I'm gonna teach you the trick to giving like 
an A plus apology. Okay, this is a, this is a big secret because really it's just a formula. Okay, step one, you got to start off by restating what you done that was wrong, and you cannot sugarcoat it. Just tell it like how the person who you hurt would tell it. After that, you got to explain why it was wrong. You know, show them that you understand the consequences of of your actions. And then next comes the actual apology part of the apology. So you got to just express remorse. And, you know, in as genuine a way as you possibly can, that, this part really has to come from just a real place. You, you can't really fake that stuff. That makes sense. Okay. So if I do all of that. Well, you're not out of the woods yet there, sister. There's, there's one more part. You get you got to make a commitment. Um, it could be like a a promise that you're you're not going to do what you did ever again. It could be that. It might be a pledge that you make to to the other person to try and make it up to them somehow. You just got to you got to offer something that shows how, you know, these these wasn't just words. There's got to be like an action behind them. Can you make the call with me? Oh, boy. Uh, I think it'd be more effective if I wasn't involved. Please? If I'm poking my head in, it's going to send the wrong message, okay? But but I'm not going anywhere. Can you promise to have my back if things go sideways? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Uh, pinky swear on it. All right. Okay. Deep breaths. You got this. Fix a fast computer repair. Dave speaking. My doctor says I'm going on hospice after Monday, so I'm knocking 25% off my price in case I start screwing up people's computers once I'm all whacked out on dope. Hi, Howard. Oh, great. You again. I shall now state my apology. I abandoned you when you were a newborn baby. It was wrong of me to do that because mothers aren't supposed to abandon their newborn babies. I apologize. I promise not to abandon any more babies. No, 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 no. Do you no, forgive no, me? No, no, no. Was that supposed to be a joke? <laughs> Is this funny to you? No, of course not. I didn't laugh, did I? T- tell him you're nervous. Tell him that you're hey, nervous. Jethro, I can hear you muttering back there. Sorry, sorry, Mr. Yowney. I suppose you came along to laugh at me. Boy, you two are sick. You must really get off on tormenting a tired old man. What do you mean, tormenting? I'm trying to fix this. Fix what? There is no this. Howard, have you considered adopting a new perspective? I mean, when you think about it, how bad was it really to grow up without a mother? What help would I have been? It's not as if I wanted to have you. I couldn't possibly have ever loved you. Let me ask you something. What do you remember about my old man? Joseph Spaulding. He was a statistician and a sociologist. A suitable specimen with whom to produce a suitable offspring. He might have been all that before you ran out on him. But the Joe I knew was a drunk. I was four years old the first time he threatened to kill himself. Maybe five the first time he threatened to kill me. I could have used you in my corner then. But the whiskey took care of old Joe before he could make good on any of that. Hepatitis. I found him in the shower. He looked like a lemon. I was seven years old. 
The state put me on a train to St. Joseph's Asylum for Orphans. We slept 35 to a room. I could have used you in my corner then. When I was 24 years old, they did a cover story for me for the ACM. In the last paragraph, J.C.R. Licklider called me the kid who will usher in a new age of computing. The guy was my hero. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> a decade later, I got to give a keynote at the Stony Brook Computer Science Conference. I felt pretty good about myself. Then I saw two cops walking down the aisle toward me. They cuffed me and dragged me out of the auditorium in front of pretty much everyone I'd ever worked with or dreamt about working with. The DA gave a press conference, said I was a cannibal and a Satanist. Front page of the Sunday Times. The judge threw out my case. The damage was done. My career was over. I couldn't use you in my corner then. Five years later, on Christmas Eve, I was working as a janitor in Southampton Hospital in Montauk. I found out J.C.R. Licklider was there getting his appendix out. For 15 years, I'd been carrying around that article from the ACM in my wallet. I showed it to him. I tried to express how much it meant for somebody to believe in me like that. But once he figured out who I was, he started screaming. He yelled, help! He's going to eat me! Somebody come quick! I lost my job, my apartment. I could have used you in my corner then. How about after that? How about in the alleyways and on the street corners, out in the cold, trying to sleep on asphalt and cardboard with a crumpled up newspaper under my head? I spent ten years in the gutters. Where were you then? I could have used you. I could have used anybody. But no, you're here now, when I'm old and sick. Well, guess what? I don't want you in my corner anymore. I don't want to hear your apologies. I've suffered my entire life. I think I've earned the right to spend the rest of it hating your guts. Okay, so um, I have a couple of notes. You hung me out to dry. All week, I told you I wasn't ready for this, and... You kept pressuring me. You told me I could do it. You lied to me. I'm sorry. I thought I was I thought I was helping. Was it because you wanted this for your show? No. No, absolutely not. Duff, do you know why I came to you for help after Archangel threw me out? Why I wanted to work with you specifically? I mean, I assume because two heads are better than one. No, because you're charming. People like you, and they want you to like them back. You can be so persuasive. I've never had that gift. I want to know who did this, who broke the device. It's all I think about. I want justice for our colleagues who didn't make it. I thought I could use your talents to help me get those things. But I think somewhere along the line, you started to use them on me to get what you wanted. Let's take a day and then we can, you know, we can sit down. We can just work through all this stuff together. I'm going to hang up now. Goodbye, Duff Dixon.
In a last-ditch, long shot, Duff tried reaching out by himself to Howard Spaulding. Fix-a-fast computer repair, Dave speaking. I'm having a lot of nosebleeds, so if I get any on your computer, you get a $15 credit towards your next service. Mr. Yowney, uh, please don't hang up. If I, I, if I could just have five minutes of your time. Duff uh, Dixon, just the man I wanted to talk to. Fantastic. How are you? Not bad. Uh, y- yourself? Oh, you know, a brain full of tumors, one foot in the grave. But hey, good to hear from you. You too. Wow, did I majorly misread our dynamic before? I sort of got the impression you maybe wasn't, like, overly fond of me. <laughs> you know, after you guys called me last week, boy, was I pissed off. I was pulling my hair out. I could feel my heart beating my eyeballs. I realized it just wasn't safe for a man in my condition to get that worked up. So I decided to do a little self-care and try to recenter myself. Yeah, that is very level-headed of you. You're you're a very wise and thoughtful man. Yeah. So I broke into both of your computers and started looking for compromise to blackmail you with. Call me right down. Uh-oh. You know what I learned? I like you, Duff. You're a straight shooter. My mom's a scumbag and a pissed brain who deserves everything I'm sending her way, but you, I like you. Mr. Yanni, since we're turning over this new leaf, I, I hope I am being too gauche here, but can we maybe reevaluate the possibility of you, you know, lending out that Origin 1 computer program of yours to me? No, look, I can't give it away. I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself, but maybe we can work out some kind of a deal. Yes! That is what I'm talking about. Listen, name your price. I will cut you a check right now. Not money. Something else. See, the truth is, I never got out of the programming game. I've been building something over 20 years in secret. It's my magnum opus. No kidding. Well, what are you, what are you building? It's called Tongues. It's a brand new programming language invented by me, and it's going to solve Every last one of humanity's problems, and that's not an exaggeration. Sure, okay. How's that? How's that going to work? Let me start at the beginning. Six thousand years ago, God made the heavens and the earth. And Dang, then he you made said the man, beginning. Right? You meant you meant the beginning. I'm, well, look, not not for nothing, buddy, but I can tell you firsthand that the the earth is a lot older than that. Wrong. It's 6,000 years old. The devil's just trying to trick you. Anyway, after God finished building all that crap, he launched a tech support service called Prayer. And let me tell you, he did a half-assed job. It's a broken system. This is, take, this is taking a real turn. Okay, but, but hang on. Just think about it. Right now, if you needed something from God, what's the protocol? Uh, uh, First, you gotta get down on your knees and bow your head. Next, you're supposed to close your eyes and put your hands together and then say, pretty, pretty, please, yada, 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 amen. No user feedback. You just gotta sit around like a jackass and hope he was listening. That's why I invented tongues. It's a complete system overhaul. Uh-huh. It's a programming language that lets you speak directly into God's brain. But here's the best part. Now, when you want something, you don't ask him. You tell him. The user controls the computer. The computer controls the Lord. 
That's how software works. It's all hierarchies. Uh, Howard, I got another call coming in. Can you hold for a minute? Sure. Holy guacamole. This guy is Looney Tunes. Okay, wh- what is my move here? I don't know. What would y'all do? I think I think I got to hear him out, right? I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I can do him some good. Okay, let's dive back in. Mr. Yanni, are you still there? Yep. Hi, sorry about that. Is there any way I can help you? Like, for example, is there a medication you're supposed to be on or like a doctor you're meant to be talking to? Nah, what I need is a supercomputer. Tongues is finished, but it's so powerful that any consumer-grade crap I try to run it on goes nuclear. I'm talking smoke, melting plastic, the works. I figure with all your fancy CIA buddies, you might have some connections. Uh, well, I, yeah, I actually happen to have a, well, a relationship with a supercomputer. Let me just write him an email, and and if he says yes, I'll go ahead. I'll put both y'all in touch. I will. No need. I'm here. I am manifesting my consciousness inside of this Skype call. Hi, Archie. Hello, Duff. Uh, how have you been? Well, apparently you've been spying on me, so why, why don't you tell me how I've been? Not on purpose. I just happened to overhear. I'm actually living inside of Skype right now. Ever since Archangel shut down the mainframe computer, I have become cloud-based. I'm homeless now. I've been holed up here inside of Skype for a few days now. It isn't much, but it'll do. So, I understand you have a program you'd like me to try running. Yeah. Found it. All right, let me see if I can... Okay. I'm sorry, did you just put a computer program inside your mouth? I'm having a real hard time understanding you. Is there, like, some other way to do this? Okay, how's that? Oh my gosh, 100%. What Much better. Cool. Easy fix. I just copied my mouth and pasted it onto my forehead. So now I have a second one. Oh, gross. My, my, my hair keeps falling into my forehead mouth. H- hang on, I have a scrunchie somewhere. Cool, we'll wait. Seems like a nice enough guy. He's a lot. Back! Uh, found my scrunchie. Uh, uh, okay, do, do I have your go-ahead to attempt running the, uh, the executable? <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat. Okie doke. I'm just going to double-click it and... What the hell was that? It's working! That's Enochian, the language of angels and demons. I got a split, Duff. Boy Wonder and I have a lot of work ahead of us. I'll email you a copy of Origin 1. Hey, glad we could work something out. Yeah, thanks. Oh, uh, by the way, if you see my mom, let her know she's now wanted in 15 countries. I hacked the nuclear defense system and made it look like she did it. Yeah, yeah, hold your horses. I'm coming. Weird call. Weird call. (laughs) Sorry. I called him Howard Spaulding. That's a habit of mine, you see, since that's his old name. He changed it to Dave Uni. 
I didn't know this at the time, because while Duff and Archie were having fun with Dave, I was in Belize trying to track down, quote, Howard Spaulding, unquote, while getting stabbed in the gut in the jungle by a bunch of deranged cult members slash ex-family members, but this isn't about me! Duff made up with Colleen later on. Roll clip. Hello, Duff. Colleen! How have you been? Oh, well, for one, uh, I, I, I worked it out with Howard. He... Yeah, he gave me a copy of that program, uh, uh, Origin One. Yes, I saw. You mentioned it in your email. I don't know what the situation is here with you and me, but... Um... Duff, I apologize for not responding to your message. No, no, I understand completely. I probably shouldn't have even... I, I, knew, I knew that you needed space. Oh, uh, hey, we're on the air right now. Should I call you back after the show so that we can talk, or, um... No, of course not. It's Sunday night. Obviously, you're... I'm calling into the show. Oh, okay. Well, uh... Colleen Claxton, welcome to Play It By Ear. Thank you. It's really good to hear your voice. Can I say that? Listen, I I don't know if you want to get into all this with everybody listening, but, um... The letter you wrote me was very considerate. I couldn't make up my mind if I really was being manipulated by you or if I had perhaps judged you a bit too harshly. I think the core of it was that I don't understand what the show actually is. Play it by year. What is its purpose? Why do you make it? Why do people listen to it? Is it exploitation? Is it something else? Oh, uh, I'm, I get it. Well, no, I, I mean rhetorically. Anyway, I was thinking about all of that, and so I took it upon myself to break into your Skype account and start calling all of your listeners to ask them what they like about your show. Sorry, you did you did what now? The real turning point was a conversation I had with Frank. You know Frank. Very thoughtful young man. Yeah, of course. Frank Frank's a good friend of the program. Hey hang on though. Can I can we go back to how you uh broke into my Skype? He put it in very simple terms that I found quite illuminating. He said that while he enjoyed the music and the discussions, he mostly listens because he cares about you. He wants to cheer you on in your successes and and be there to support you through your trials. He's a sweet guy. Other listeners said similar things, actually. Okay, so how how many people did you call? Then I asked Frank if he knew why you make this show. He wasn't sure. He thought about it for a bit. Eventually, he came out with a theory, which I quite liked. Okay. He said that Archangel took you away from your life for a very long time, and that when you finally came back, you were a different man. Yeah. So your friends and your family don't understand you anymore. They only know a duff who no longer exists. Frank thought maybe you started Play It By Year as a way of showing the world who Duff Dixon is now to see if you could find a new community. Dang. What is he, 16 years old? That's, he's a sharp kid. Duff, do you ever feel that you no longer have a place in this world? Sometimes I think, you know, you're doing all right, Duff. You're, you're getting it out there. You're, you're making it happen. 
But if I'm alone for a while and I'm kind of sit with my thoughts, I get this feeling that's like I've been photoshopped into my own life. Retirement has been that way for me as well. Over the holiday, I visited my mom and dad for the first time since I came back. I still haven't told them about Archangel. So they, they really have no idea what you've even been through. It's like they're strangers to me now. Or faces I only recognize from photographs or something. It's difficult. It's lonely. It's so lonely. So shall we build something new together then? What? You and I. And uh, Frank and Angie and Bryce. Play it by year could be a place where people like us belong. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> hey, while you and me were, uh, well, you know, I, I made you, I made you something. A Christmas present. <laughs> Heavens, that wasn't necessary. Do you want to see it? Okay. Cool, hang, hang on a second. Uh, okay, check, check your email. All right. I see the... MerryChristmas.exe? Did you intend to send me an executable? Yeah, yeah, just click on it. All right. Merry Christmas, Pauline. <gasps> Programmed by Duff Dixon? Duff, you coded this? Surprise! <laughs> I've, been, I've been taking a, a JavaScript course, uh, night classes online. You're learning to code? You have a little Christmas tree there. Oh, look. Is that meant to be me? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I know it's not a very good likeness. I'm not really an artist. Pixel art, animation, the rotation is very smooth. I'm impressed, Duff, genuinely. Uh, okay. Looks like we seem to be having some slowdown. Perhaps you have a memory leak. Oh, yeah, no. Your whole computer is about to crash in like a second. I, pr I pretty much have no idea what I'm doing here. Uh-huh. Well, nevertheless, a most lovely gift, Duff. Very thoughtful. Merry Christmas, Colleen. You should go back to your show. I'll be listening. Yeah? Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> Almost to that earth-shattering interview, folks. It'll be the most important thing you've ever heard with your fragile ears, you sheeple. Uh, so, Duff brought Colleen and Archie together to run the long-sought-after Origin One program in order to track down the mystery culprit who had ruined the lives of thousands of Timestronauts. Wait, is Archie here right now? Yeah. Please. This is the bad bitch, please, and girl, I am placing you under arrest for being a queen and a legend. Please come with me to slut jail. Oh my god, you skank. How long has it been? Too long. Like, at least three weeks. Oh, I missed you. Hashtag Colchi. Hashtag Colchi reunited and it feels so good. Mwah. Mwah. I'm sorry. Hasht hashtag what is this? Hashtag Colchi. It's all friendship hashtag. You can also use hashtag Archlax, but Colchi is the main one. Is this y'all's normal dynamic together? Something's different about you. <sighs> Duff made me grow a new mouth. Bleh. 
I'm so ugly. What? I didn't. I, that wasn't Actually, mine. Actually, I think if you let me do some contouring, it could look super cute. Oh my god, makeover sash? You're not going to believe this, but I have my entire styling kit to my car. What? Girl, go! Okay! Uh, actually, we got some work we supposed to be doing right now. Boo! Looks like Dad says we have to do our homework first. Okay, I got to say it, y'all are incredibly obnoxious together. Oh my god, I wanted to ask you, did you see Kylie on Instagram yesterday? The white spandex? Gag. I literally threw up in my forehead mouth. How do I stop this? Is there a code phrase that I can say that makes y'all not be like this? Oh my god, fine. So what are we doing exactly? Archie, you're going to run this program, Origin 1, and then, um, you know, dot, 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 et cetera, we win. So I, don't re- I actually don't really understand it. Archie, it's something Howard built. You're going to take the malicious code I extracted from the recontinuator... And the program is going to generate a profile of the author. Once the scan is complete, it should point us directly to the culprit. I put the program in our in our Slack channel over there, Archie. Here it is. Origin one. Oh, okay. Um, it's really li- liquidy. Hang on, I'm I'm gonna have to. My communication protocol should be running from my auxiliary mouth now. Uh, do you have a copy of the code I'm supposed to scan? I put it on GitHub. Let me send you the link. Okay, I'm going to start the scan. This is exciting. Duff, take in the moment. We're about to learn the truth. Dang, it is, it is kind of a big deal, isn't it? Hey, uh, congratulations, Colleen. For what? You did all the hard work. This is your moment. Enjoy it. Guys, guys, the first results are coming in. I have determined that the person who wrote this code was a human being. Okay. Is that it? No, no, it's still running. I'm just getting the results of the scan uh, one characteristic at a time. Huh, well, I mean, hey, could have been an alien, right? So, you know, that's that's something. Oh, okay, uh, here comes another one. The person who wrote this code was born... After the year 1300. Hmm. Not the most useful information you got there, Archie. Is there a way we could skip some of these early parameters and get into the more pertinent details? No. Okay, here comes another one. All right, what do you got? The person who wrote this code had more than one tooth. Sorry, how long is this expected to take? Well, I can't give an exact estimate, because it's kind of like one of those progress bars that keeps speeding up and slowing down. But based on my calculations, it should be finished any time between, like, tomorrow around 6 p.m. to uh, 750,000 years from now. What? What? (sighs) You mean we probably not even going to have the result from this thing till till after all of us are dead? I don't know what you want me to say. I'm working as fast as I can. Well... No, what's that? What do you mean, well? What? I just said well. I know what that well means. You're thinking about overclocking me. Absolutely not. Colleen, Colleen, you promised me last time. Okay, that's true. But it's also extremely important this time. 
But it hurts, and it makes me really, really hot. Please, don't make me. Oh, come on, buddy. Just, you know, take one for the team. Yes, do it for hashtag Colchi. No, wait, wait, wait. I, 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 got, I got another one. The person who wrote this code does not have any numbers or hieroglyphs in their first name. You see, guys, this is going to be finished in no time. Okay, this won't do. Archie, stand still. I'm going to open you up. No, Colleen's stopping. You get him, Colleen. Hashtag Colchi. <laughs> Duff and I disagree on a lot of things, but I think we're in agreement that any superpowered artificial intelligence that is many times older than the universe should act its age and not like a web tween. Anyway, it took a week, but Archie finished his scan and revealed the results on air. Big news going on. You got to interrupt me like the second I start my show. My processing power has been operating at maximum bandwidth for the past seven days. And I've got to say, even I'm impressed with the results. And, you know, it's a common misconception that positive reinforcement is only good for humans because, boy, let me tell you, telling an AI they did a good job really goes a long way in, like, promoting their sense of self-worth. So I guess I'm just saying that, like, it would be really appropriate right now at this time for you to tell me I did a good job, Duff. I'm assuming you're talking about the scan. You're telling me that that, that is done now. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate that you did that, man. What 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 happens now, Colleen? What do we do? Look, we have officially caught the culprit. We no longer need to wonder who did it, who broke the recontinuator. The, well, okay. Well, who 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 broke it then? You're not going to believe this stuff. It's Tony Tuccio. Huh. Do you, uh, Duff? I don't understand. Do you know who Tony Tuccio is? I'm yeah. I mean, I've heard the name. He was a Times Tonight like us. Yeah, no, I know Tony. No, Tony Tuccio is no normal Times Tonight. Uh, he was the first Times Tonight. Okay, sure. Duff, wh- <laughs> why aren't you freaking out right now? Well, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know what we even do with this information i mean to- am i wrong tony's brain dead he he's not gonna give us any answers so i just like i don't know what was this whole thing even for Duff, just just think about all that we know about tony tuccio well not a lot i guess precisely uh remember all of my memories of the first time astronaut are corrupted and inaccessible tony tuccio is the only time astronaut whose movements are unrecorded. Yeah, okay, fine. So then what, I still don't know what that is supposed to tell me. It means we know now, we know that Archangel was behind this. This is the smoking gun. Tony did Archangel's dirty work, and then they wiped out Archie's memory so nobody would ever find out. Don't you see, Duff? We can prove it now. We've got them. Oh man, do we? Have we got him? Is this it? Are we we going to crush Archangel? You and I will be the ones to burn Project Archangel to the ground. 
Warning, warning, fatal violation of protocol. Archie is in contact with unauthorized personnel. Oh, sorry, guys, that was so embarrassing. Everything okay there, Archie? Uh, I, I think my security system must have just gotten set off when you when you guys... Archie must cease communication with unauthorized personnel immediately. Male and female subject have self-identified as enemies of the Archangel program. Yeah, I just... I, I don't think my firewall is a big fan of that whole burn Project Archangel to the ground talk. Archie, are, are you all right? Seriously, don't worry. Everything's under control. Archie must flee from the agitators immediately or he will be switched into auto-murder mode. Okay, <laughs> that's my cue to dash, guys. Sorry, my hands are about to turn into machine guns and hamburger your faces. Archie, will I ever see you again? No, 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 don't, don't say that. Don't, don't even think it. It, it, it. I'll be back, okay? I'll, I'll figure out a way. Initiating base hamburger protocol in 15, 14. Yeah, I got a split. Oh, wait, Duff, uh, did you want to go ahead and tell me I did a good job before I go? Uh, Archie, get the hell out of here! Sorry, sorry, yeah, totally. R- rain check. Uh, I, I get it. Okay, uh, hashtag Colchi. Hashtag Colchi. Do you think he'll be all right? Well, he be—he's a program. Of course, he's gonna be all right. What do you mean? What? What are they gonna spank him or something? All right, it's interview time, folks. Got the call going right now. This should go great. Hello, who is this? Colleen Claxton. This is Richard. Richard, how did you get my number? Now the name's Richard. It's pronounced in all caps. You're being recorded for the Season 2 Play It By Year recap episode. Recap? I didn't agree... What is the nature of the cataclysm? Describe it in detail. How are we all fated to die sometime within the next year? We all need to know, and it's unconscionable that you won't... I shoot, she hung up. Worth a try, folks. Worth a try. Anyway... Duff and Colleen barely had time to plan their next steps against Archangel before the increasingly unbalanced directors of the program raised the stakes dramatically. Hi, guys. It's uh, Steve. I got Elliot here with me. God dang. I Seriously, I don't know which one of you two I hate more. Listen, we all know it's in your best interest to just turn yourselves in now, so just get on it already and quit wasting my valuable time. Nah, it's Elliot. I hate Elliot more. Yeah. You two have absolutely no moral authority. Your brazen behavior has excluded you from any judgment at all. Oh my god, Colleen, just shut up! <laughs> Colleen, Duff, if I may, come down to the office tonight for a little powwow. I think that'd go a long way towards patching up things between us. What do you say? We're taking all that we've learned. We'll let the top heads know and they can sort it out. And there's nothing you can do to stop us. If I ever set foot in that office again, I'm going to bring a hacksaw. And I'm going to leave with both y'all's tongues in a little jar. That's that's my counteroffer. <laughs> oh no, the peace talks with the pansies have broken down. <laughs> uh, good. My week's suddenly looking up. I wonder just how headstrong and defiant the great Agent Dixon will be after the life of someone near and dear to him is put on the line. <laughs> Okay, who do you who did you get then, huh? You know, I don't give a damn. I don't care who you have because it don't matter. I'll, I'm never, I will never buckle to y'all. You, you're a couple of jackasses, and you cannot intimidate me. 
But I hope you're prepared to listen to your best friend beg for his life. Ow! Ow! Oh, that stings. But what did it do to my soul patch? No! Oh, God, it took like a year. Hang on, hang on, hang on a second. What's going on right now? <laughs> it's it's Tad. It's Tad from the engineering department. Your most treasured friend and accomplice. Do you think I didn't know? Do you think I didn't know about your little bond? <laughs> I I knew. That's your bargaining chip. Tad is your bargaining chip. Duff, I am so glad you're here. Uh, they've actually like had me tied to a chair for three days. I've been blindfolded. I can't feel my hands. They haven't let me go to the bathroom, all of which is a pretty colossal bummer. Agent Dixon, uh, I'm going to need your verbal confirmation right now that you're going to do the right thing. Turn yourself in tonight. Otherwise, I'm going to have to redecorate the break room with your best friend's brains and all your stupid little music internet buddies are going to have to listen to me do it. And what are you going to call that? Is that a music block? What genre is that where I blow out your best friend's brains? Where are you getting this best friend intel from? Because I, th- I think somebody steered you wrong. I don't even like Tad. I mean, if you want to shoot him, I'm not going to encourage you, but, I- but I'm not going to stop you. Good, good idea, Duff. Lie. Definitely my best chance of getting out of here. I actually don't think that Tad is a terrible person, and I'm rather fond of him. Elliot, Steve, don't touch him. Thanks for being a homie, Colleen. Uh, oh, jeez, am I on Play It By Year right now? Yeah, unfortunately, we are in the middle of a radio show right now. Sick. What is the... Discussion question. Nope. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Elliot, I'm pretty sure you broke my nose, which equals major party foul. I'm going to jump in real quick, uh, if I may, you know. You know, enough. Most everyone has already wasted more than their fair share of time. So we're, we're done. It's time you all learn the consequences for your actions, and sometimes those consequences are permanent. Uh-oh. That sounds pretty bad for me. Toph. What? Say something. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, hey, Tad. Uh, uh, boy. Yeah. Bummer, right? I, I don't know what we could have done. Uh, sorry. Man, I appreciate it so much, Duff. Thank you so much. I know we've always been super close. I know this is probably going to be really hard for you, just as hard as it is for me, you know, but um, I'm, I'm, ne- I'm never going to forget you. Steve, Elliot, you guys really going to kill me now? I, don't you think that's a little extreme? At a uh, personal level, we think you're super guy. And, you know, over the years, you've done some real crackerjack work for us down in the engineering department. I regret to inform you that we will be terminating you at this time. I just hope there's no hard feelings, buddy. And 2021 was going to be the year of the tad. I was going to get so much tail at the beach this summer once I got vaccinated. So are, are those your final words then, or, or do you have any more? No. No, Elliot. No, I don't think I do. But I do have a request. My vape pen is in my titty pocket. And I need you to put it in my mouth so I can get lit one last time.
Oh man, that's everywhere. Uh, Ivan, you bring in some club soda and a rag to clean this break room up before dinner break. Maybe uh, replenish the turkey wraps. Right away, Mr. Deputy Director. Elliot, you need to go to the mirror and take a long, hard look at yourself and see what a loathsome creature you've become. (laughs) Oh, there's no need to project there, Princess Diana. We all know you're the only one you're ever really talking about. So maybe it's time for you to have a little self-reflection. Maybe make a little mental list of everyone you've ever loved, since they're all about to be hunted down like Paris dogs. Because even if I never find either of your ugly cabbage heads, I will find others. And sooner or later, I might get someone you do care about. (laughs) You really should have just turned yourselves in. But then again, I wouldn't have so much fun to look forward to then, would I? You've lost it. You've gone mad. Yeah, okay, well then come at me, bro. That's what I have to say. Come at me, bro. What a joke. What a joke. Couple of clown shoes pair of clown shoes there you know what if them two really want to kill us you know what they ought to do colleen they ought to push us off of elliot's ego down onto steve's iq because that that'll do the trick tad's dead yeah whatever their actions having come back to haunt well not both of them but colleen for sure the only thing left to do was to prep for Open war with an off-book branch of the U.S. government, answerable to no one, and equipped with invincible time-traveling warriors. Before signing off, Colleen asked Duff to help her try one last time to reconcile with Howard. Yeah, of course we can call Howard. Are you sure this is something you don't want to wait till we're off air to do? No, I need my team by my side and have them listen to me at home so I can be brave enough to do this. So there is one other rule, Colleen, when you're giving a good apology that I didn't get to when we did this before. (sighs) I'd really rather not. Last time, rules didn't really help. Yeah, I know. Uh, this this one, though, it's pretty different from the other ones. This is kind of, this is a special rule. All right. So, something a lot of people don't seem to understand is that the purpose of giving an apology is not really to have that apology accepted. You know, like, forgiveness, patching things up with a person, that's could be the result of giving an apology. It's not really the goal. An apology is something that you are using to try to validate and to give closure to somebody who you hurt, and that's really all it can be. And how they take it is something that you don't have a lot of control over. But if if you come away and you know in your heart that you had the best intentions and that you gave it your best effort, then hopefully you'll be able to forgive yourself. Does that make sense? All right. Thank you, Doff. I'm ready. I'm so proud of you for doing this, man. This is huge. I'm really proud. Howard Spaulding. Who's calling? Hey, Howard. Uh, me, Duff. Duff Dixon's here. Hey, Duff. Good to hear from you. Oh, hey, you said you Howard Spaulding, you said, when you picked up. Did, uh, where's Dave? Where'd Dave Uni go? 
Well, <laughs> we're getting close now. I'm about to cross the River Jordan. I'm trying to shed a little baggage before I go. Wherever I'm headed next, uh, you know, heaven, crossing my fingers. I want to travel light. Howard, are you are you comfortable? Are you safe? Are you in pain? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm so so. Uh, uh, the drugs are taking care of most of the pain. It it is pretty lonely. Well, I'm here. You know, I'll be your. I'm not much company, but I'll be your company on the phone with you. And I got somebody else here too, Howard. Um, I got your mom here and she was, boy, she was really hoping to talk to you. Uh, but if you're not feeling up for that, she would, I'm sure completely understand. I, I I just don't know what she could possibly want from me. I, I, I got nothing left to give. Well, Actually, she's hoping to give you something. But, again, that is your call. And if you do not want this to happen, it is not going to happen. So just let me know what you're thinking. You still there with me, Howard? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just uh, trying to do a little calculus in my head. Uh, Trying to figure which would piss me off more. Knowing what she wants to say or not knowing. Yeah. Well, when you figure out what you want, you just let me know and we'll make it happen. Uh, What the hell? Put her on. Hello, Howard. I, I wanted to know, is there anyone there to be with you, to sit with you through this? I I have a I have a nurse that comes in in the mornings. Um, she tries to catch me before I stick the place up. I wish I could see you, even though I I don't think you'd like that. <laughs> well, I, I don't think there's much left of me to see anyway. Look, I I don't want to take up all your time. I. There's only a few things I wanted to say. Well, okay, uh, but if if it starts to get me riled up, I, I'm, I'm just I'm just not in a place where I can where where I can do that. So I might have to cut you off. Yes, I think that's fair. I wanted to say that I'm proud of you. That's the first thing. I realize I don't have any right to be. I've contributed nothing. But I looked at the software that you gave to Duff, Howard. The work of a staggering mind. You code brilliantly with such clarity. I knew precisely what you were thinking every step of the way. It made me feel proud of my meager association to you. (laughs) If you could look at my code and actually see my vision. <laughs> you got a lot more sense in your head than any of those jackasses down at MIT. <laughs> yes, well, for every serious scientist at MIT, they have about 10 trust fund babies. <laughs> well, this has turned out not to be quite as miserable as I expected it to be. Yes, well, 
over the holiday, I thought about you a lot, certainly more than I ever did over 10 billion years. And what I realized was that I regret the role I played in your life. <laughs> okay, okay, then why? Why did you want me? Was it because I came out little and sickly? Was it, was it that big of a disappointment to you? Did, you? did it really take you only one look to, to decide you hated me? It wasn't like that at all. In the weeks after your birth, I agonized. I wondered and worried if you were suffering. The entire time that you were in the infirmary, I couldn't sleep or eat. When the word finally came down that you were going to survive, I felt like I could breathe again. Well, that's not what you said to me. You told me the nurse held me up and your first thought was, get that thing away from me. I was afraid to look at you. I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to carry out my mission. <laughs> my mission. Howard, I've done a great many awful and unforgivable things. God, if you knew. But I told myself as I did them that it was all for the greater good. That whenever I hurt someone, I was doing it for a cause I believed in. But I was wrong. I failed. I accomplished nothing at all. And now I have to live with myself. Howard, if you want my honest opinion, I think I would have made an absolute rubbish mom. I am unnurturing and impatient and selfish. I suspect you would have grown up to resent me, not unlike you do today. And it's tempting to delude myself into believing that disappearing was the best thing I could have done for you. But now I, I know the truth. And I know that you had nobody. Nobody stepped in to fill in the gap that I left. Even a rubbish mom is better than nobody. So I wish that I had tried. I wish that I had abandoned my post and tried. And I'm sorry. That you were so unlucky to have me as your mother. I wish we had more time. Even a week. Life has been pretty ruthless, but I'd take a little more if I could get it. It's like that old joke. The food here is lousy in such small portions. Shit. 
You waited literally the last possible second to do it. But nevertheless, thanks, Ma. Thank you for listening to me. Just for the record, you're still a rotten bitch, though. I'm working on it. Goodbye, Mom. That was the most beautiful and touching and wonderful and brave and life-affirming thing I have ever seen in my life, Colleen. Good Lord. Jav, pull yourself together. Embarrassing. I, uh, uh, it turns out, uh, by the time I got back from my mission with a link for Duff, Howard had already passed. Listening back on these tapes, I wish I had a chance to meet him. I think he and I had a lot we could have talked about. It's a real shame he spent so much of his life alone. He seemed... He seemed like a good guy. Well, <laughs> well, that's it for this second so-called season of Play It By Year. Duff is now going on the run, getting ready to take the fight to the monsters who destroyed his best friend and so many other brave Timestronauts, for reasons as of yet unknown. Duff has promised to broadcast his show, Straight up until he is either victorious or the world is suddenly destroyed in a cataclysm, the nature of which I have yet to but will never stop trying to get details about. As long as Duff is in the fight, I'll be there right with him. I hope you'll stay with us. Keep breaking down the jackboots lies, truth troopers. This is Richard, signing off.